the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 151. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show and be the first to hear about our new Unruffled Retreat offering taking place in the fall of 2020. We only have 12 spots available and patrons will have first dibs at reserving their spot once we release it. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash The Unruffled Podcast. And that's not it. You can also share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. To find out more about our personal creative offerings, one-on-one programming, and future Unruffled listener meetups, please subscribe to our newsletters or visit our websites. Links to all of the things mentioned here can be found in SoundCloud, or on our Instagram page for the show, at The Unruffled Podcast. Now, on to the show. So today on the show, we have Sharon Walters, and Sharon is a London-based artist creating hand-assembled collages exploring Black identity and mainstream beauty standards. She is an artist, educator, and part-time coordinator of community engagement programs at a London museum, She graduated from Central St. Martin's in 2011 with a BA in Fine Art. Since January 2018, Sharon has been working on a mixed media collage series entitled Seeing Ourselves. Now, with over 200 pieces in the collection, she has exhibited in a number of public spaces, including the Now Gallery in Greenwich and the new Ashgate Gallery in Surrey. Seeing Ourselves explores identity, beauty standards, representation, and Afro hair. Her limited edition prints and bespoke collages have been acquired by collectors globally, and she has delivered collage workshops for clients, including the National Trust. Sharon makes hand-assembled collages almost daily as a way to be present, reflective, and mindful. Each collage gives her the space and permission to take up space, even in places where she so often does not see herself represented. And Sharon just celebrated her first year of sobriety, and she loves being part of the online sober community. And um, just this month, in uh, January of 2020, Sharon was a panelist with Sober and Social, where she spoke openly about depression, sobriety, creativity, and mental health. By exploring diverse narratives through partnerships and providing platforms for underrepresented voices to be heard, Sharon has a number of collaborations planned with artists, organizations, and groups, which continue to develop both her art practice and community outreach work. 
The fluidity between the socially engaged practice within the museum and community projects and her art practice has developed over the past 20 years through working with people in various formal and informal educational settings. To see Sharon's beautiful work um, that we mentioned during the podcast, you can visit her Instagram account where she has a lot of very beautiful um, visual images. That's where you'll find a lot of it at London underscore artist one. That's the number one. And then her website is LondonArtist1.com. Enjoy the show. Enjoy Sharon. Sharon, I'm so happy you could be on the pod today. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Welcome, Sharon. I cannot wait to hear more about of your story. We love your artwork, so we're going to gush over that later. But <laughs> wow, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going to want to talk in a British accent. I'm just, I just want you to know it might come out. I'm kind of really, oh dear. Um, really um, bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Only, only when I, I have to watch all my shows with British subtitles, you know, and be, or, or English subtitles. But um, mm-hmm. I like to call everybody my lady. It's kind of Texas British. I'm kind of putting it together. Um, but Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> One of my sober sisters um, in my morning meetings, she does little baking videos for me. And she mm-hmm. always talks with a British accent, like she, she loves Harry Potter. And um, she says, yeah. I'm a sober, dignified woman. I'm baking today. <laughs> oh, She's making fun of me, kind of, um, because I say yeah. I'm a sober, dignified woman. And then she's also just doing her baking <laughs> shtick movie thing that she sent me. She's 19. She's just adorable. Um, so, yeah, I, I love, I love, love, love her. Um, I'll look okay. out for the English accent. No, well, I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass myself too much on this pod. Well, just a little bit. But um, t- so tell everyone where we're speaking to you from. Where are you yeah, at so today? I'm, I am at home in London. Um, I live in West London with my husband and two children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I am today. And how old are your kiddos? They're 11 and 7. So I've got an 11-year-old boy and a 7-year-old daughter. Aww. And they're great. They're downstairs at the moment and they're super excited that I'm on here. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> nice. <laughs> So cute. They're, they're probably listening. They've probably got their little ears pressed to the door. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> they probably have. My son was really excited. <laughs> I think it's so adorable. Oh, well, good. thinks it's really cool that I'm sober as well. <laughs> oh, I lo- oh, that's great. Ugh, I cannot. Yes. Well, we're going to get into your story, Sharon. Mm-hmm. Why don't you like to start off the show by... Um, stating your sobriety date and then how you came to the to the decision to quit drinking okay so um my sobriety date was two days before new year's eve um and that was a year ago gosh so i just celebrated my first year anniversary congratulations yeah and uh, thank you i i honestly never ever thought i could do it but um yeah it's a year and you did it right before new year's yeah i did um and we'll go into the reasons why that that particular date but yeah so it feels like a really big achievement um yeah especially when there's a big big drinking culture here in the uk but um, Mm -hmm. i'm really glad things are changing um Yes, so how did that how did that work out for you? How what was your way in? Like were you sober curious for a while? Did you were you, you know, 
thinking about it for a while or did you just all of a sudden had an epiphany that you wanted to quit? No. So my story, um, it's quite a, a funny one actually. I was, I got really into running a couple of years ago and I ran naught to 10 K within, I trained not to do a naught to 10 K run within four months. And I remember the woman who's now a really good friend of mine, Che, she was saying to me, oh, you know, talking about a run on a Saturday. And I remember saying to her, but I can't run run on a Saturday. It's likely I'll have a hangover. Right. And um, she was like, but you don't have to have a hangover. Anyway, um, that was when I started cutting down because I was running regularly. Having a hangover wasn't really working out for me and running. Um, And she just really inspired me to just change my lifestyle. Um, And then when I did start to try and drink, whenever I did have your drink, I would get a really, really bad headache, probably within a couple of sips of drinking alcohol. I, I, under the advice of um, (laughs) a friend, I was encouraged to try harder. And I, yeah to drink try the odd drink yeah mm-hmm. yeah just drink <laughs> and more. i thought i'd leave yeah. that there for you <laughs> yeah just drink more no that was my i thought that was a solution for lots of things um yeah. for me it's like I, I i just need to drink more obviously <laughs> yeah because you you obviously haven't tried every drink so you're mm-hmm. not trying hard enough right um so eventually i i was like actually these piercing headaches that start from the back of my head and go right the way through to the front of my head and make me feel awful while drinking are clearly not a good sign and not a good thing. So after a year of drinking mindfully, I still had the odd drink during that first year. I then had my, um, I started my second year and that was the year, which was last year that I I became sober. So so that's the story really. Um, I had thought about not drinking in the past, but I just thought it was something I couldn't do. I just thought, it was so part of my life, you know, having drinks with friends and going out. And I just, there was no one in my circle. There was one, uh, there was the woman who was training me, but there was a friend from uni and she, from school, sorry, and she didn't drink at all. And um, I remember being really suspicious of her because she didn't drink. I just didn't right. understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't trust Which those is really sober people. And it's so ironic now because I just think, gosh, my mind was in such a different place. Mm-hmm. I love how your story starts off, though, when you said, when your friend, your trainer said, you know, you don't have to. It like it just cracks the door open just a little bit where you go, oh, wait, I don't yeah. like I. <laughs> that's an option. Wow. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really see it as an option. I just saw that I that this is what I'd always done. I drank from my teens all the way through and I'm now um, 44 and it was just, it was just normal. I grew up seeing my family drink and it never felt like a really big deal, but it certainly didn't feel like it was an option, right? It really didn't. Yeah, it's um, the year of mindful drinking that you did. Um, Mm. I love how that kind of delivered you, right? We're kind of, it's on your mind. You're thinking about it. Try it on for size, read some things, listen to some things, um, observe. You're observing yourself out in the world. And I think that's a beautiful way for people to enter sobriety. Mm -hmm. I think so. And I think being, um, finding people like Mandy and Kate from Love Sober and the podcast, um, 
they really just seeing that that there was a whole community of people who weren't drinking and then seeing inspirational drinks that you could drink and seeing that there was more than just two people who didn't drink right. and that just opened up a whole new a whole new world to me so i had this kind of online um friendship with with people who were like-minded who had given up alcohol for whatever reason but we're currently in we were all in the same place of not drinking and that was really really helpful mm-hmm. and still is mm-hmm. yeah and it's and it's so true it's like once you accept it and you're ready to try it on then you you start finding people those other people it's like oh wait she doesn't drink and she's interesting and yeah. I would like to be her friend. <laughs> yeah. And um, also you realize that there are, there are just lots of people who, even if they do drink, they're not judging you for not drinking because they're meeting you at the place where you currently are. They're mm. not remembering for me, then some of those new people aren't remembering the old Sharon who used to drink. Um, so they're just taking me at face value as it were. Mm. So when you, when you um, stopped drinking, so obviously it was kind of a lead up to it, and then you made the decision. You're running more. Um, you have a coach that's introduced this idea that you don't have to. How did you find that community, that online community, or how? Or did you? What was your way into to creating community to kind of support you? Um, it was through. There were a few friends that weren't online. Um, who I actually know quite a few of them were online. Um, they, I remember seeing someone's Instagram post and it had, it had mentioned a sobriety group online. And then I just looked at them and then I, you know, you go into a little bit of a hole of going from one person to another and to another. And I just started connecting with people through yeah. Instagram and liking their posts. And then they would follow me and then we'd start talking. Um, and that's how I've really connected with a lot of my online friends. Really. Yeah, it is like a rabbit hole. It's like this beautiful, slow unfolding. Mm. Start making these connections, right? Just one by yeah. one by one. Um, I was chatting. I was, um, the gals over at Love Sober interviewed me this week and um, Mandy told me, she messaged me <laughs> yeah. the morning after. <laughs> and I was so excited because I heard you on their podcast. And oh, okay. that's how I kind of got introduced to your work. Um, mm. So I started following you, um, not this week, but before. And yeah. I love, love, love your work. So I'm oh, curious. So when you, when you quit drinking, you, you've, um, you have a background clearly in art. You've worked at a museum. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I work for a museum currently. I coordinate community engagement programs, which basically means I work with underrepresented groups in our museum audiences. So they might be people from um, ethnic minority groups or they might be the elderly or teenagers, just people who mm-hmm. haven't been attending the museum. Um, so I, I work with those kinds of groups to ensure that they see themselves within the museum space, but they can also collaborate with us and take, you know, be in, encouraged to take up space. Mm. Um, so that's what I do, but I have a degree in um, fine arts. I graduated from Central St. Martins in 2011 and immediately went on to have my daughter um, <laughs> because I was like, okay, I'm getting older now. I need to have a baby, <laughs> a second baby. Um, and, 
And yeah, so I'd always been interested in art, but this period of the last two years is undoubtedly my, my, uh, gosh, it's difficult to explain. Most I've, prolific I've never... maybe, or? Yes, that word, I don't like that. I don't like to say it myself, but thank you for saying it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you are. You, you are. <laughs> you are though. I mean, I just can oh. just scroll through your Instagram and see how, how much, there's a quantity of art that you are producing. Um, it's yeah. not just the, the quality of, I mean, it's gorgeous, but it, there's also Thank quite you. a bit of art that yeah. you're making. Yeah, I'm making, especially during those first few months, I was making a new piece every single night. So what happened was, mm. yeah, I, tell us, tell us. Yeah. So what happened was after I did that 10K run um, in January of last, was it last year? No, it's the year before. Gosh, the time has gone quickly. Um, when I finished the 10k run that was in the December in the January I then had an ankle injury and I remember thinking I don't know how I, what I'm going to do to relieve my stress and tension because that was my main outlet and I wasn't drinking very much anymore because I'd been training for this 10k and um, and a few people on Instagram said why don't you start making more work focus on your artwork and all I could think was, yeah, yeah, whatever. What have I actually, you know, I haven't got paint and, you know, what am I going to, going to make? And, um, or actually I did have paints, but it was a bit like when you've got an injury, you don't want to be putting up an easel and faffing around. And so I looked at what I had and I had some magazines and I had a scalpel and a cutting mat in the cupboard. And I started looking for images of black women with natural afro hair. So people who looked like me, basically, mm -hmm. um, but probably more model-like. Right. <laughs> you, were, you were turning to magazines. <laughs> yeah, I was turning to magazines. So I, I went through the magazines and whenever I would see an image um, that fitted the look that I was looking for, I would cut the image out and then start creating something. Um, so creating a paper cut and and just playing around with different textures, um, trying to tell a story through the image. Um, and the story was around identity and around being enough and beauty standards and who gets seen and who is unseen. So it really fits into my work with the museum that I work at. Um, and I started to make a new piece every day and it became I got the same kind of feeling that I did when I would run and it became quite addictive mm -hmm. and it just felt right and so I still now two years in because it's two years now since I started the series I still now um, create almost every day mm -hmm. I I've made over 200 pieces so I don't necessarily always make a new one every day like I was at the I did at the beginning but I, I work on some of them much larger pieces. You might have seen the A0 hand cut yes. collage I made. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just led to so many amazing things. So I won an art prize last month. Um, Princess Anne came to the exhibition that I was showing in and she met me. And That's talked amazing. And I, I talked about my work and I talked about my journey because she wanted to know how I had come to this point. Um, yeah so it, it's been amazing absolutely amazing and I don't think I could juggle and manage all the things I'm doing if I was drinking to be honest I really don't because I'm doing way more than I've ever done in my entire life 
That's amazing. And also you speak to the woman who is, you know, in the middle of her life too. Yeah. That has, that is a mom and has children and has a full-time job and other responsibilities. And I think that for me is the, the best thing about this being the best part of my life is the fact that I wasn't expecting it. Mm. And I wasn't expecting to, because after I did my degree, you know, I had my son, I was just, you know, I was trying for my daughter and we had my daughter and, and uh, yeah, I just never expected to be doing the things I'm doing now. So I've just taken on another contract. So I work for the museum three days a week. I've taken on, taken on another project, freelance project with um, a gallery as well. Um, I'm talking to someone else about doing some art installation work with him. He's a, yeah, I'll talk about that when that's all signed off. But yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lot going on and I've got my two children. Yeah. And this just feels like it's the most amazing gift to be able to be experiencing this, especially right. at this point in my life. Yeah, like um, you, this is what you were born to do and meant to yes. do. And it's what I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be an artist, always, since I was little. I've always, I remember when I was really super young, there used to be this game, I don't know if you had it in the US, but this game called um, Fashion Wheel. And you would trace um, kind of designs and you could move different parts of the- Yes, we call them fashion plates. Yeah, Yeah. so Mm -hmm. yeah, I was obsessed with Fashion Wheel and I had a name as well and, Look with hindsight, looking back, I can see that I never saw myself either. There was never mm. a black model in there, or there was never um I always loved being creative, but now I'm creating work where I feel like it really expresses who I am and what I want to see in the world and what I yeah, and what feels right to me. And there are no rules. That's the best thing about this series, this collage series, which is called Seeing Ourselves. Is I feel like it gives me complete freedom um, because life can be quite restrictive and this allows me to carve out time for myself so the washing might not be put away or the you know all the chores might not be done so I'm currently sitting in my daughter's bedroom and it's pretty messy but, <laughs> I, but I've spent real life day, yeah it's real life and I just feel like that's not my priority my priority is to be has always been I guess and I haven't really understood but it's always been to find joy and I feel like I have that now so if the house is a bit messy I'm not saying that I like it messy but um I would prefer to prioritize the things that are more important to me and my well-being mm-hmm. yeah it's like do your most meaningful work first right and yeah exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. um I have a question about your your job job is that something i feel like i just had a conversation and i can't i'm i can't think of who i had it with and maybe they had the same position of uh um some at some museum here in the states but is that a common um position for museums or is it just uh, is it just a handful because i think that that you're right art it's like the library. It should be for everyone. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's not, it's not always. No, it's not. Um, so it is quite a common job. So it's community, it's generally 
called community engagement. Um, previously, I think it was, it sometimes goes under the name of um, widening participation as well. That might be used in different kinds of arenas, but yeah, it's just about engaging communities, but also working alongside them. So not just saying, oh, look, we've got this lovely space. Why don't you come and do something that relates to your heritage and then can clap nicely and enjoy you and then you can go off it's doing work that creates space but also legacy as well and true collaboration so I, the new project that I'm working on as well is in a similar vein but for a gallery so I'm excited to be doing both of those together both. yeah together. Oh, that's, <laughs> wow that's that's really cool I can't wait to see what that looks like yeah. Um, Sharon, I am quite smitten with, um, with your work and have been for a while. And I really, what I truly love about it, um, one of the aspects that I love about it is just kind of the metaphor of the collage. It seems, it seems like you've taken this very everyday item, right? You're just a page from mm -hmm. a magazine and yet yeah. it's super delicate because the way you're cutting out the faces and, and mm -hmm. highlighting things in on the page. And then it's, super fierce it's so strong when I see it when Thank after you. you're done with it so yeah. I find it like all the meaning and all of the all of the uh, meaning behind it and the series being called seeing ourselves and I love it I love it very much and so when Thank you're you. uh, I'm going to get into some technical things because mm -hmm. I am very drawn to collage lately um, but I I only want to use one image I'm not into collaging 17 things it's too mm -hmm. chaotic for my mind. It's too, yeah. it doesn't, I, I'll do it, but it doesn't soothe me in any way. It, it can be an outlet, but finding one image to play with or to riff on, I'm just beginning. And um, I'm curious, like how you, how you pick your images um, or okay. how you source them. And then, sorry. oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I have a million no, questions, so let's let's begin. <laughs> okay, yeah, because otherwise I'll forget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I I tend to um, nowadays I tend to take the photographs myself, or mm -hmm. someone might send me an image, or I will contact someone to use that image. I really like using images I've taken myself. Mm -hmm. So the large piece um, that was the main reason why I won the art prize, um, the piece featuring Kachenga, who's a trans woman which is an A0 hand cut collage. I actually met her when I went to her, um, she was a contributor to a book and there was a book launch. And at the, I remember her reading from the book and I was just mesmerized by her. And I, at the end, and she spoke so beautifully and was so revealing about her story. And I, um, I went up to her, I got the courage to go up to her and ask her, explain the series and ask her if I could take a picture of her and so we literally took two photographs on my iPhone um, 7 other phones are available um, <laughs> and I, uh, we need sponsors okay yes we need sponsors <laughs> um, but yeah I took the picture on my phone and I and that's the image I used so quite often it's someone who I've met um, or someone I've been following for a while or an image I really like I rarely use them straight from the magazines anymore, mm -hmm. um, but I have been given quite a few commissions, which has been great. So they contacted me and asked me if I can create a piece and which features a parent or a deceased parent or um, a friend or a self-portrait or, you know, something like, or a yeah. portrait or something. So well, that's how I go about choosing. And it 
and it really and when I look at the person's face I'm thinking about and this sounds really weird but I'm thinking about light and shade and the pieces that I would cut away and quite often if I meet someone and I'm talking to them I can tell immediately if I would like to use them in a in a piece it's it's so the one that I'm looking at the one that you're speaking about I mean it is so gorgeous and so what's underneath is that collage underneath or is that more photographs that you take and you blow up and that you use so the like one you're hair. talking about yeah oh so for her hair that that was I took that photograph I took that on holiday last year so her hair is just to explain to people who can't see it um it's a portrait it's a side-on portrait and the hair has been cut away so all you get is the outline of what would have been her her afro and I took the photo last year on holiday I think that one was in Fortaventura on holiday I took Uh that photo um and then I had that photo enlarged um so I I have all the prints enlarged so that I can work at different sizes so that's the photo that's underneath it's underlaid and what did you do with her shirt so is that more so that's more so her she had this beautiful dress on anyway (laughs) which Mm. was um very fitting to the series which is about um about identity and nature and beauty and her dress looks like a kind of is a leaf a kind of palm print leaf pattern but in brown and white so I cut away sections of it and then I layered underneath a piece that um a tiny tiny piece I found in a magazine that was so small but I had it enlarged and that's the the piece that underlies underlays the dress and then the neck I can't even remember so the neck looks transparent doesn't it yeah it's got a line through it but the neck was from an old piece that I made right at the beginning of the series so probably about two years ago and I cut away from an old piece and then used it for this piece and it just seemed to to work well Mm. I will share this image um on our face, we have a secret Facebook group for the unruffled listeners to kind of keep their anonymity. And so when your episode okay. airs, I will, I will post a picture underneath there of Kachanga okay. and the work and you, what do you alongside it just so that people can see the work because it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And it's so gorgeous. And the way you cut away on the face, it mm-hmm. looks like it's tribal or, um, or like there's just some like it's warrior kind of makeup almost. I mean, it's yeah. just strong. Thank you so much. So stunning. Nice I am. Um, I do feel like what I am trying to tell is a story of uh, is a story of identity and blackness, and that your authentic self is enough. Um, mm. And I've delivered. I delivered a workshop with Mandy and Kate last year, um, a collage workshop, and regardless of where people were from or what their um, identity was, they they said that they felt as though they came away feeling like they were enough and they were looking for their, you know, trying to present their identity through art. Um, And that felt really, really special because Mm. I want, I really want people to share in that love for themselves of um, getting to the point where you feel as though, and I'm not fully there yet, (laughs) but, um, you know, just trying to work towards being your authentic self and um, and loving who you are. 
And I feel like I have access to that person now that I have removed that layer, that kind of numbing layer that I had for mm. so many years, right? And yeah, work, I love how it's, yeah, the cutaway, right? There's the underneath and then there's what is and kind of accepting both and having them both kind of fuse is really beautiful. You did this other one with, is it Lady Velo? Yeah, yeah, oh, with um, I love that one. You love that one, thank so you. Good, I love it so much. So that the just, green one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll share so that one that. as well. Oh, thank you. And that one comes with a bit of a story. I don't know if you read the blurb, but I went away with some friends, and it was um, the first time I had been away with a group of friends who I knew would all be drinking. So I think I can't remember how many of us there were, but we went away to the country for a weekend and. Um, and while everyone sat drinking on the second night, I made that piece. Mm. Um, and I just cut away while we were talking. So I was engaging. I was still talking, but they didn't get much eye contact. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'm using a surgical scalpel while working. So, um, and that's the piece I made. And yeah. Yeah, and she has glasses on. So there's that going on plus the cutouts, plus what's underneath, like plus on her, her lips. Plus her necklace or whatever yeah. that groovy thing. Cosmic yeah, loveliness. Her, her necklace. Isn't it fabulous? <laughs> it is. I want one. <laughs> so good. Oh, this makes me, I'm just like smiling, looking at your work and talking to you. And the fact oh, that when you did this you. workshop with Mandy and Kate um, from Love Sober, I was like, oh, I wish I could go to that. So I would love there. to be at one of your workshops. That would be amazing. That would be I absolutely love delivering them. I really do. Yeah. I've, um, I've delivered workshops for about 20 years now, mainly art workshops, but also political literacy um, a while back <laughs> when I was, um, but political literacy through art and mm. when I was working with teenagers. And I just really love working with people. I, work, I did a collage workshop at the weekend, actually. I did three on Saturday as a, free, as a freelance artist, not with my day job. And I um, I worked with eight to 12 year olds and I can share some pictures that they created. Aww. I haven't shared them on Instagram yet, Sweet. but the work was so good. So, so good. So you like teaching as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really, I love what I just love teaching. I like working with people and I love meeting new people as well. It's cool. Okay. I have another question. Yeah. So you use a surgical instrument to do your cutting. Yeah. Yeah. And then glue. I'm, I, I, am, I have this obsession with glue. I talked to many of our Unruffled members. Uh, Amanda Grace, we've talked about glue, and she gave me this gorgeous uh, big fat prit stick that we don't get here in the U.S. Um, when we went to her workshop um, in Portland last year, Sandra and I went to her um, raw journaling workshop. Um, yeah. But do you have a certain glue that you use that you'd be willing to share, or is that private? Oh, Oh no, it's not private. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love an artist that shares her tools. Yes. Oh no, I, and I like share. Someone said to me once, um, you know, you should probably you should probably think about not sharing videos of how you make the work because then other people can make it. And I said, but I do workshops where I show people how to make the work. Right. And I and I want people to make the work. It's fine. Yeah, and no so, one's yeah, going to make I it like you. Yes, and also the work comes from. It's like saying oh, if I give you paint and a paintbrush, you will paint in exactly the same way as me. Yeah. We all express yeah. ourselves in different ways. Our stories right. are all different. So, so yeah, just because I tell you the glue doesn't mean our work's going to be the same. So I use, um, use a Pritt stick for pieces where I feel there is a Pritt stick that's 
a lot stronger than the average. You have Pritt stick in the US. I have a big we flower. We, we were we given one as a gift, but we don't. Oh. can't get, there's not, stores don't carry them here. Yeah, oh. I ordered small ones from Amazon. Yeah, um, I was going to say Amazon. They don't seem to stick the same as this big fat one. Uh, and there's, a, there's one that's gray, like a silvery gray, a Pritt stick one. And it's much stronger than the white one, than the average oh. white one. But, mm, yeah, right, so that's, yeah. The, that's the more hardcore one that I found. <laughs> oh, great. Mm-hmm. I need some hardcore. That's what I need. Yeah, hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yes. Glue. <laughs> and is that Can your I... main glue? Sorry, yeah, Sandra, I'm well obsessed glue. with I have glue. Tried, <laughs> yeah, I have tried other ones, but um, I that's find that good. if I try a spray mount, then the, because my paper cuts are really fragile, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they're, really fragile so they just curl up and then the paper cuts ruined um so I tend to use I tend to use a Pritt stick and just do it very very carefully and slowly and lay one bit at a time Mm -hmm. and ensuring that it doesn't dry too quickly so not dry gluing large areas and taking ages just one section at a time then glue that down then another section and glue that down and just and it just helps me anyway to slow down because you can probably tell yeah. life's quite busy as it is for all of us. Yeah. So I love how you've made all this pretty accessible too. To, you, you don't make it, you're not overthinking it or making it hard. For instance, you're, you said you're just using um, cell phone pictures and then having those blown up. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. See, for me, yeah. I would overthink the hell out of that i would i, I would want to know about the pixels and oh, you know, really all, oh yes of course and do you know what what i yeah i i really like the fact that i'm not i don't edit the pictures either that's that's one thing great I don't do. you're just not making it too precious at no, all i don't i'm not really into i i think filters look great and i like that you know i'm sure I, I well i obviously look at loads of edited pictures all the time but for me it's about it just being in the moment and capturing that moment and just working with what I've got. So if I've got a photo and I'm not sure how it will look when I enlarge it, I just take the risk and go for it. So I have, there have been pieces that I've created where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this A1 and it's going to look great. And then I've enlarged it and it hasn't looked great, but I refuse to waste that. Mm. So I just work with what I've got every single time. I don't check. I don't I won't chuck it away because I just feel as though it's wasteful because part of this was supposed to be about um about not waste you know not having to new materials and add in some more waste and blah blah, blah you know so right. I just um yeah just the act of having it printed is enough I'm certainly not going to waste um by chucking it away because it's not right right I just think you have to work with what you've got I agree. And that just makes it even more accessible. Yeah. So I know because I read, um, you know, some stuff that you sent us. So for our listeners, um, can you tell them where you started creating and, and what that process was like, do you have a dedicated studio for all of this work? No studio. Yeah. Thing that I, no studio. So it's for amazing. Time, <laughs> yeah, no studio. Um, I work from my sofa in my living room. And I have an A4 cutting mat and a scalpel. And I sit um, in the evenings with the TV on with my husband usually next to me. Sometimes the kids are up, sometimes they're not. Um, hmm. but even if they are up and they see me working, they're like, mummy's working. 
let's leave her. So I work from my living room. I don't have a studio. Um, and I think having, not having a studio for a long time was holding me back. I felt as though I wouldn't be a real artist if I didn't have that traditional mm-hmm. space. I kind of envisioned that I would, after graduating with an art degree, I, I would have this studio eventually and you know, I'd be living this life as an artist. And I think I was standing in my own way quite Yes, a- absolutely, right? Because yeah, now you really are was. a living, you are an artist. And it's because you didn't put it up on a, make it so precious that you put it on the top shelf where you can't yeah. access it. Yeah, because I think sometimes you want these things and you're kind of going, yeah, I want it, but I want it, but and mm-hmm. I'll do the really work when it, do it. Yeah. yeah when waiting for the right time waiting for the perfect moment um and once you get to the point where you realize there is no perfect moment and I'm just going to take now as my perfect moment that's really really um it's really freeing and it's really empowering. empowering yeah really empowering so making the collages, you're making them at night. So the, the mat, which I think um, when I took an art and design class um, about, so when I got sober, I went back to school, Sharon, when I was 40, oh, 44. Yeah. 44. Yes. And um, to major in art. And I took this art and design class. And what I thought was interesting when I was doing all my cutting on the mats is that it's a self-healing mat. Yeah. That's what and, I have. Right. And I'm just brand new to recovery and it felt symbolic it felt mm. like, ah, oh, here I am. You can cut into it, yet it doesn't leave this big, huge mark. Um, it yeah. restores itself, right? It is kind of this yeah. beautiful, um, it's a beautiful place. It's very, uh, very comforting to cut on it as well. It's and I very use mine. <laughs> yes. And I, and I also think, I agree with that, but I also think with collage itself, you're taking away and things might look as though they're falling apart, mm. but you're putting back different things and you're creating something new mm-hmm. um, oh. so yeah. you're recreating something every single time so even when I'm making it you know cutting a really 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 fragile paper cut um, or a really fragile cutout even if it tears and it rips and it looks as though it's falling apart every single time I know I can make something out of it it's not lost I think out of the entire series of over 200 pieces now, I've only chucked away one piece. There's only ever been one piece that I thought, actually, that, you know, that can't work. What do you affix these things to? Is it a um, I usually, paper? I usually just keep them on paper. It depends. If it's a really, um, if it's a large commissioned bespoke piece, Mm-hmm. that is quite that I've worked on qu- worked on with quite thin paper and it looks as though it will be difficult to frame then I'll mount it onto something but I tend to um just use quite thin paper I have a specific paper that I ask the the printers to print on for me for my pieces oh nice yeah yeah because yeah, it can get thick too sometimes with thicker paper or with photographs I imagine that get, can get I notice that yeah. when I cut it can leave like some funky marks when I'm using um, yeah. yeah I don't ever use real photographs so they're prints of photographs yeah. so they're thinner they're always thinner yeah. than um mm. a kind of photographic paper got it so right much got lighter, it. yeah and they're non-glossy as well mm. yeah. 
because you don't want finger marks all over them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And have to deal yeah. with that. Yeah. Oh, I'm just no one needs so that drama. inspired. I'm so inspired. You have no idea. I was just, I just had collage all over my desk this morning when I was emailing with you yeah. early this morning, woke up and just had, I mean, I had magazines, um, pages everywhere. I've just been really drawn to strong images of women and yeah. going through just a Vogue or an L magazine. I can find so many, um, that speak to me. And I've been, I've been, I, th- I thought this is just like their mood setters. It's like I'm putting them in my gratitude um, journal and just saying yeah. like I'm setting my mood for the day kind of, or feeling how yeah, I exactly translating a feeling or something, but yeah, um, I'm interested. And I think to play around every, more. say that again. No, I'm just interested to play around more, you know, after talking, yeah. have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. And I think the funniest thing about this is I love making work. But when I create a piece where, so I've only created two pieces, um, two self-portraits in this series. And only the first two? One, only two. Hmm. I know, right? <laughs> Seeing ourselves. <laughs> it's hard to see ourselves sometimes. Yeah, really hard. So the first one I did, I really struggled with. That was, both of them are selfies. Um, but I did it. And I started on a second piece at Christmas. But it's interesting that over a year later, you know, so the first one was a year ago, the second one um, just at Christmas. I found this one much easier to work with. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or, but it didn't feel as wrong. I think it's, there's something around looking at yourself for a really long period of time Mm -hmm. and not being able to distance yourself from what you're looking at in the same way that you would with someone else. Mm. It's really, um, it's really interesting. So I keep being encouraged to keep going with, um, with those self-portraits. I posted, um, I posted it a few weeks ago, a, a week ago, I think. Yeah. I mean, Van Gogh had no problem, right? With his, uh, I know. <laughs> he didn't love him. He didn't have as much to work such... through maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean, self-portrait is such a, um, is such a medium to really, track your progress too as an artist and yeah. it is a lot of introspection if you do a self-portrait uh, I find yeah, that when it I feels, do that it's very hard feels very you just feel very exposed right just mm-hmm. very raw yeah yeah you feel really raw and also it's almost like who are you, for me I'm kind of thinking who are you to take up space in this way mm-hmm. what makes you a work of art Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, it's that kind of dialogue I'm having right, internally. Because it's easier easier for us to prop up other people. Yeah. To do it for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So I'm taking my time with this current self-portrait. I've, um, yeah, I'm just taking my time with it. I just come back to it. So it hangs in a room on a um, picture rail and I... Yeah, I come back to it every now and again, but I'm not rushing into it. Well, then that that leads me to another question. What are you doing with all of the pieces that you have finished or are they finished? Are they works in progress? So all the pieces are, I would say they're finished. Um, mm-hmm. I have most of them at home. <laughs> yeah, you're just storing um, them? Yeah, I'm just storing them at home. Um, when I have a bespoke commission, obviously that goes out to the per- that goes off to the person who's bought it Kachenga that was sold um that was the first piece to be sold at that exhibition 
um, and it raised money for a youth charity as well. 35% of the um, takings went to a youth charity. So, um, so pieces do go, but the ones that I work on kind of daily, if the person's interested in them, then I might send a print. Quite often people are interested in buying the prints when they see themselves in the work. Um, mm. Or that people contact me, but generally it's the prints that are sold unless it's commissioned. So I keep just about everything. Okay, yeah. so you are you're keeping the originals and you are making prints too. Oh, that's very yeah, helpful. yeah. So oh. I make limited edition prints of the pieces. Um, yeah. I, and are you great? Are you familiar with um, Krista David's work? No, I'm not. Oh. I'm sure. She's on Instagram. I, I found her first a few years ago before I found you and I really yeah. love her work and she uses a lot of um, national geographics, but I like how she authenticated um, the art and she would make yeah. kind of signs on the back because you're saying bespoke, right? It's made custom. It's like a one of a kind, right? Yeah. Which I love that word, by the way. Yeah. And I'm going to start incorporating it into my vocabulary more. Yeah, it's a lovely word. It is a wonderful yeah. word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I literally only just used a National Geographic um, magazine for the first time on Saturday. So when I went to do the workshop with the children, the lady who has these series of workshops, she brought in a whole massive stack of National Geographic. I was like, wow, these are beautiful. And they were just blowing my mind. So the children on Saturday, all of them created work using a mix of magazines like Vogue and Elle yeah. um, and National Geographic magazines. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I just really sent you a couple of her things because I think her work you might dig. And she, do, she does use yes. a lot of younger um, uh younger people and then she uses nature a lot in it and oh nice um, i'm gonna check her out thank yeah, you yeah she's she's a, a wonderful artist and uh she does a lot of stories as well but I, i'm really drawn to her work so she, she's the one that got me i'm like i'm going hunting for national geographics in the yeah. in the thrift store so the older the and better you know what's lovely you know what's lovely as well taking some of your own pictures just learning to see, give yourself time to look at things differently and yeah. maybe take a close-up of something on your walk or I've taken photos of maybe this sounds really random but maybe of a brick wall or some flowers or a close-up yeah. of a petal just anything and then you're creating your own images to put back into the collages that's yeah. really special but you could just build up a little bank of them and then get them printed and then intersperse them with um with the magazines as well okay yes I'll take that assignment I'll take that yeah, assignment, so Sharon. If you can get back to me with your with your homework. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. You're, I'm on it. I just I'm gonna need a gold star. Is all I'm gonna need from you. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna keep five gold stars in my back pocket. They're waiting. <laughs> I aim to please. All right. No, I'm just super. I'm so inspired. And so the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I think Sandra will probably be very interested in this as well. Just from just the brief moment that we saw you in the video as we started the Zoom call your style, you were like a style maven. You just, I exude style. And so, um, does that, is that part of your creativity? Do you think like how you dress and how you go out into the world? I think, yeah, I think, I think it stems from kind of art background, but it definitely stems from, I remember when I moved to the area that I currently live in and I remember feeling very, very different from everyone else. And I wanted to fit in. And I remember getting the kind of the raincoat 
I won't say the brand because um, yeah, the raincoat. Because they're not sponsoring and, us. They're not sponsoring. So we're not, yeah, gonna... I'm not saying it. <laughs> and I'm not being positive about them either, so I don't want them to sue us. All right. But, um, <laughs> so I remember getting the raincoat and just wanting to blend in and not to be seen and. Mm. And then things eventually started changing a lot more um, as my confidence grew. And then I, I remember not wanting, being confident enough to wear prints. And now I wear prints that clash. I wear really bright coloured lipstick. And I feel quite naked without my, my lipstick. Um, and what colour? Tell our listeners what colour you had on today. Yes. Sharon oh, has I'm wearing, fabulous lipstick on today. <laughs> I'm wearing a really, really bright purple. It's almost like fluorescent purple. Um, I love it so much. Yeah, and, and I it love. By? My, oh, it's by it's. Oh, they're not sponsoring us. I oh, they're not sponsoring us. But they have the, they have my, one of my words in in his name, so I feel like. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> this this one is Jeffrey Star, and it's called I'm Royalty. But there is also another one by Nyx. Um, NYX and it's liquid suede which is the same shade actually but Ooh. just a different consistency liquid but I'm really shade. into really bold earrings really yes. bright lipstick I had my hair all shaved off so um it's quite a distinctive look and I love it it's just me and I feel I don't feel like I'm trying to blend in I just want to do yeah. what I want to do i yeah. You exude confidence, style, grace, all of it. It's just, you look like a strong woman as well. And I love it. I love it so much. And you met, you met princess Anne and you're wearing the, the, the lipstick. I'm royalty. I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> a few people commented on Instagram when they saw the picture, um, they said, Oh, it's royalty meeting the queen. And I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> guys thank you that's awesome thank you yeah Yeah, so I met Princess Anne last month because um I was part of an exhibition um called by Art for Youth um run by Caitlin Mavrolian who's an amazing um creative director and she contacted me and asked me if I'd be interested in exhibiting at the Mal Galleries which is right on the Mal right by Buckingham Palace um and so I exhibited, she was also doing, there was also an art prize and I won the art prize, the Ashin Nuguni um, Reach Prize, which is amazing. And- um, Congratulations. And she also, yes. thank you. Amazing. My first art prize, age 44, whoop, whoop. I love it. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's never too late, never too late. Never um, too late, yes. Never if too any, late. I think this is a, a good message to send to our yeah. listeners. It's never, it's too, never late. too late. And so um, Caitlin, she, the creative director, she asked me if I would be interested in meeting Princess Anne because she was selecting four artists from the exhibition Ooh. to meet with um, Princess Anne. And yeah, so that's what happened last month. And it was a little bit surreal. I think I was expecting her to just look at my work and I say hi, do the curtsy, you have to. Um, and uh-huh. and um, I thought she would just move on. I wasn't really, I'm glad I wasn't prepared for how many questions she would ask because I think I would have been too nervous. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was a quite a surreal experience and then two days later it was announced that I won the prize and it was announced at the male galleries in front mm. of quite a few people and that also felt really special 
Um, so it's been, yeah, it's just been the most amazing, wonderful year, really. And I feel, I just feel really, I know people talk about gratitude and I do feel really grateful. I am really grateful for everything that's going on at the moment and all the opportunities and, yeah. and all the people I get to connect with. And clearly you're a talented artist. I mean, that's obvious. This has been your world um, and that's what you went to school for and you've always wanted to be one. But to just mm. see kind of the explosion here of your um, creativity and what has happened when you remove just one thing from your life, mm. one thing that you removed and how everything else has been unfolding for you, you know? Th- yeah, and I think, I think the reason for that is partly because my mental health is in a far better place than it's ever been. Mm. Um, I have in the past struggled with anxiety and depression and it's uh, I even said to my husband the other day I said do you realize that that's the first Christmas day that I can remember where I didn't feel um, really overwhelmed or just I just really enjoyed the entire day and I don't even have to cook. He cooks the Christmas dinner. So I don't know what I have to be overwhelmed about, but it just shows that it's a mental health and not a, not a, yeah, it's difficult to explain. It's not the circumstances. It's no, yeah. it's your health basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I feel like in creating the work, I'm able to give myself time to slow down and to breathe um, and to focus on just one thing because my mind's always go is always juggling a hundred different things and ideas and oh I should be doing that and that's not enough and have I achieved enough and I'm really super hard on myself all the time and my friends are always trying to talk me down a bit and say actually you're doing good <laughs> mm, um, yeah and it's a met I think for me the year before I got sober I was doing a daily accountability art project and mm. in my journal and I was um, I have a, an artist that I really like and admire Lisa Congdon and she okay. does a lot of accountability projects. Yeah. And um, that gave me kind of this meditative practice every day that yeah. I was craving, obviously, um, and that I needed. And I respond to those type of, of projects. But I think like what you're saying, like getting lost in the work and finding something, whether that's mm-hmm. writing or cooking or you know, we talk about a lot of different mediums here on the podcast with our guests and finding your thing so that you can kind of have some meditative yeah, quiet time. Yeah, and some something to fill that gap. So yeah. that time where you would usually reach for, even if it's just one glass of wine, but just that time where you would be looking to distance yourself from your day or from a problem or finding a, just finding different ways to celebrate or, com- or commiserate, I guess. Yeah, um, I think it's really important to yeah. being sober. I think it's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of our listeners have anxiety, and you know, are, are, you know, we've we've heard from them that they they share in that, and yeah, drinking just helped uh, to take the edge off, but it never quite solved the problem, right? It kind of perpetuated it, no. either enhanced it, or just you know fueled it. And it's funny, we thought that yeah. was the solution. And it's not until we remove it that we're like, okay, now I, and it doesn't completely, or it didn't for me at least go away completely, but at least I could kind of no, it doesn't. attack it in a different <laughs> way, right? I'm like, I had yeah. some clarity around it. Yeah. And I, I think you quite often have this, um, this sense of, I don't know, you just feel as though 
now I feel as though when I have emotions, they're real emotions. So I think that I'm hypersensitive and I don't think I was prepared for that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually feeling properly now. <laughs> you know, like really emotional. If I'm really upset, I'm really upset. And if I'm really happy, I'm really happy. But maybe that's just me. Yeah. No, I, I think, think you're right. That, yeah. And so I don't think I was quite, I'm getting used to it now. But for a while, I was a bit like, what is all of this? All this feeling? I used to yeah. stuff these down or drink right. at them or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think they existed. I thought I was all good. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm still, I five and a half years later, I'm still surprised by emotions sometimes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Sharon, um, we want to know about future projects that you're working on. So we're going to do that at the end, but um, Sandra, is it okay if I move into three things or? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So on our podcast, Sharon, we, we share um, unruffled toolbox items with our listeners and um, Sandra created this community several years ago called the unruffled. And it meant, you know, when we're calm and not agitated is to be unruffled. And so Mm -hmm. we ask our guests to share what's, um, what helps them with that, whether that's creative related or if that's uh, sobriety related. Um, but we, we asked for three things. And so what, what do you have in your unruffled toolbox? Okay. So the main thing you, you can probably guess what I'm going to say are my collage materials. Collage, so yes. I say, yeah, I just, that's what helps me to feel calm. If ever I'm feeling quite angsty or there's too much going on, or I just need to slow down, then I collage and, um, I've never finished a collage and not felt relaxed. It always, always helps every time. So that's definitely in my toolkit, without a doubt. I even take my collage equipment away on holiday with me. I just did too. (laughs) Did you? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was texting with a friend. (laughs) I was only when you have, yeah, go on, sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was texting with a friend and she said, what are you yeah. doing right now? And I said, I'm collaging my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like that a lot. <laughs> oh, I like that a lot. Yes. Yeah, so definitely collage. Um, the only problem is when you have to go on a flight with hand luggage and that's oh, right. it, then you can't take your knife and I'm like, <gasps> but yeah I've, yeah, I've done it and I've, lived, I've survived. Um, and then my second thing would be to find alcohol, non-alcohol free drinks that you like and drink from lovely glasses all the time. I don't, I, I'm quite high maintenance when it comes to how my drinks arrive, even if it's from my family members. So I don't feel as though just because I'm not drinking alcohol, I don't see why I have to be given an average glass. So I also, that's not triggering for you. You like it. No, not triggering at all. Yeah. Because yeah, no, not at all. So I like a gin glass, not triggering at all. Mm-hmm. I like blueberries crushed in my glass. Mm. And I love non-alcoholic spirits and mint and big ice cubes, but I really like the presentation to be amazing. So yeah. I'm there now. I, I, I like it. Yeah, I, like I wasn't it to be special too. Yeah. Mm. You, you turned me on to that, Sandra, early on with your, um, what did you used to have? Oh, I used to make a concoction with apple cider vinegar and mm. like sparkly water and lemon. And mm-hmm. I still like that in, in yeah. the evening or a ginger beer or just yeah. something in a, in a little, you know, in a little special glass. 
yeah and a special girl my daughter the a uh, few months ago she she brought me a glass. this is my seven-year-old she brought me a glass of water and she brought brought it to me in a champagne flute with a tiny tiny bit of ice Wow! She's like, I know you like nice glasses, mummy. Baby. (laughs) Yes. So finding really good non-alcoholic drinks um, and lovely glasses, and then the third one I think would be um, finding a support network of friends, um, either online or in real life, but just a group of friends or family members that that yeah that really support you. That's super key. That's a good key. Yeah. Oh, Sharon, that was just such a fantastic chat with you. I'm I mean, I have like a thousand more questions, but that'll be for another time when I come to one of your workshops. So (laughs) yes. (laughs) I'd love you to come. (laughs) Oh, I would be like the student right up front, like horse shack or something on Welcome Back Cotter. I'd have my hand up the whole time. Oh, oh, oh. And you're like, okay, you're going to need to simmer down. I'll do it in my accent if you want. And then I'll... Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> and everyone would be side-eyeing you. Like what? She's like, you're going to need to shut it down. Right. Shut it down. Um, so tell us about, we want you to promote any projects that you're working on, things that are coming up, um, because I think you're kind of the bell of the ball right now. And so we would love our listeners to follow along and and our European listeners to know what you have going on. Yes. So I have a workshop coming up um, in April. I believe it's April the 4th. I'm going to check while I'm talking to you. But yeah, I have a workshop coming up with Creative Nights and Fresh Creative Nights. And that will be at Pitts Hanger Gallery. Um, And that's an evening workshop. Uh, So that will be really exciting. That's on Monday the oh, I thought it was on Monday the sixth, <laughs> but yeah I'll give you the details of all of those and there's okay. another one coming up um there's another one coming up in May as well so I think I believe it's Monday the 6th and then the 6th of the 4th of May as well okay. I believe yeah I think I don't sound certain do I it's well, okay. It's all right. <laughs> but gonna, I'll put them all gonna, on my website. Yes, we are going to um, include your website in the show notes and oh, Instagram. And so, yeah, if you post those things there, yeah. we'll uh, encourage everyone yeah. to check. So in. basically, they're two works. Yeah, brilliant. They're basically two creative workshops, and they'll be in April and May, um, and adults. So collage workshops. So I'm really looking forward to them. There'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then I'm starting a new project with a local gallery. And then the, I will be sharing all the details of that because it's, I'm doing some really exciting stuff, um, curating some parts of a, a really big project for a gallery. So I'll share all of that on my website too. Very cool. And what is your website so that people can find it, Sharon? It's londonartist1.com. But you'll find a lot more on my Instagram because yeah. um, the website's pretty new to me, and um, <laughs> I share a lot more on uh, on Instagram. Yeah, people follow along because it's yeah, you will visual eye candy. You will be very very pleased with that. And you are going to like a fun event right now, right? What are you going to? I am. I I'm going to um, a party that's run by Emily of Sober and Social. And it's a sober party. There are sober DJs and there'll be a lot of dancing. And it's um, 
yeah, it's the first time I'm going to a fully sober party with sober people. Oh, so fun. I'm really excited. Very fun. Very yeah. fun. I told my son that I was going. He wanted to know all the things that I was doing this week. And I told him about this, about um, going to the sober party. And he said, that's so cool. He was like, you have to go. When you ever get that kind of opportunity again, it's so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I love adorable. it. Adorable. <laughs> I love it. You're right. It is cool. You're right. <laughs> Sandra and I attended a silent disco with She Recovers a, a year oh, and a half or so ago. And that silent disco was amazing. It was, okay. yeah, it was so fun. We were still talking about it, obviously. It was so fun. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I, and I'm being brave and I'm going to go on my own and just meet people there. I think <sighs> no, a couple of people are going. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go for it and just go along. Why not? Why not? I love this kind of sober blind date, sober, you walk in now. I mean, I couldn't do it at first. I was, I was so crippled with anxiety in the beginning of yeah. my sobriety, but now I just welcome it. I look forward to meeting new people and yeah, not having nice. a ton of small talk, you know, yeah. and just kind of diving right into the nitty gritty and what people, and also all the artists that I meet and creative souls along the mm. way. It's been really, really cool to make those connections. Um, yeah. So under the gals in Portland that I just met up with, we're having a dance party in Portland the next time I go up. We're all going. Oh, really? Yeah. So I feel like you have to be there as well. So I think I have to be there. Oh, <laughs> right. We're going to talk offline right. and then we're going we're to get yeah. that sauce. We're going to import everyone from around the world and we're going to have a big, that's what we're going to do. So. Can you imagine? We're going to add this to the list. We'll add it to the list. Can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> so cool. Well, Sharon, thank you so much. This has been lovely. And um, oh. I, I'm so happy that you said yes. Yes, oh. Karen, so nice to meet you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for asking me. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Bye. 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 The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Solis. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.